Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Laurie Handlers, and you're listening to another episode of Sex and Happiness, a show about your sex and your happiness, my sex and my happiness, everybody's sex and everybody's happiness, because I feel they go hand in hand. And, you know, we're in a really interesting time right now where people are speaking out about things that have happened to them sexually and um, and reasons for why they they may not be happy sexually reasons why they they they've been uh, suppressed or traumatized in their sex life and that's today's show is going to be a little bit about that like what the history of that is and how things got started and what we might want to do about it what we might do that's maybe even more powerful than hashtag me too. So first let me introduce my guest today. Her name is Reverend Goddess Charmaine. She's the sensuous mystic and she was ordained by the New Seminary, a school of interfaith theology in New York City in July 2000. In a primitive and intense ritual, she was initiated into goddesshood. From this ceremony, she realized that she'd been called to bring forth the unification of sex and spirit. She primarily focuses her energy work through shamanism. Well, my love, Goddess Charmaine, it's wonderful to have you on Sex and Happiness. Thank you, Lori. So happy to be here with you. Yeah, and we just did, we just were together on your show this past week, and so I decided we should continue the conversation. Because we hit some really intense things there. And I said, you know what? We have a message. We should talk about it again on my show. So here we go. So, you know, when we started, you started with a really intense rap song that had to do with racism and sexism and separation. And, uh, and then we, and then you talked about Eden, the garden of Eden and how, people learned separation and shame from the story of Adam and Eve. Yeah. Am I right? Am I, am I, am I following? Yes. I feel very strongly. We were already programmed. I talked about sexual programming and I really feel that, you know, spirituality or religion or whatever it is, uh, is in our consciousness as a place to help us grow. And we trust the people that tell us these stories that they believe comes from God. And right in the beginning, the first man and the first woman are shamed into their bodies. And then told and manipulated that the woman ate the apple from a snake in a tree. And then once they gained knowledge, they gained shame. And then because of that, they were cursed by God who walked through. I mean, it's just. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, from the very beginning, at least of judeo-christian tradition because there are traditions older than uh than those but those are the ones that most of the world we know follows and then there's islam and i don't know where all that shame came from but obviously there's shame there too because people have to be wrapped up in these 
outfits. Yes. You know, women are covered, totally covered. So there's something there too. And then, um, and, and they're walking behind the man. And then you have some, in the Jewish religion, you have women aren't allowed to be taught. Women have to sit on one side of the room in silence. Men, you know, back in the day, men were the only ones allowed to be educated. So we have all these things around our programming that already separates us. Um, minimizes us, makes us property, and steals our sexual power. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, well, I I have to tell you an interesting story about that because I was raised Jewish, and um, I don't practice religion at all. I probably never did. Very, very small piece of my life had anything to do with Judaism. But uh, when I was in my 20s, or th almost 30, one of my housemates said that there was some, going to be some non-traditional uh, Jewish ceremony for the high ho holy days. And I went and I said, I'm not going to that. And he said, just come, it'll be different. And they were passing around the Torah, which is, you know, the, the Hebrew book of like the Bible. And, and when I was growing up, girls weren't allowed to touch that or read from that. And so they were passing around. They decided to be really um, progressive. So they were only passing it to the females in the audience. And so someone passed it to me. And when it, they passed it to me and I was holding it, I was crying. And I just had this emotional reaction, but it was too late for me. Do you know what I mean? Like I passed it to a little girl who was like four or five. And I felt like, well, for her, maybe it had some use or value, but for me, it was too late. Like I was already ostracized from things that would have made a difference to me. Like the movie, like in Barbara Streisand and Yentl, you know, like she plays a boy. Yes. I couldn't, I, I had no use for it. The re, you know, it just didn't come for me in time to make any kind of a difference or shift my psyche. So I made peace with it and walked out of the synagogue. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the separation that and the way that girls are treated and young women are treated is is uh, it keeps us in a box and and subservient in a certain way. And then there's people like you and me and many people who are now see themselves as goddesses, see yes. themselves as, you know, more than equal <laughs> primary. And <laughs> <superior> position. <laughs> so so we've clearly attained that on our own and with the help of each other but there's still a huge divide between because there's so much there's so many people who are so victimized by that separation of body and mind spirit and body um consciousness and matter you know, like oh, valuing one over the other when in fact it, it's all necessary. Yeah, well, which is part of the reason I was also talking about the earthly realm compared to the man-made world and how we disconnected ourselves from the being of the earth, which is really about all of us honoring each other, which includes our sexuality, our growth, our development. We're all part of this. We can't function on this planet with, with the planet and with each other without us recognizing that we're all one, that we, we, we vibrate off of each other's own frequency together. And that, that force of that energy is our sexual energy. And when you go into man-made consciousness, into the man-made world, we separate. It's, it's power. It's control. It's dominance. It's um, sex is here to serve men rather than us growing together in our magic. 
and and it's just and it's just crazy and we took a power that we have as earthlings to grow the world we took away that power and made it about the man creating the world and then we were a property and then and it's just all gotten away from us and from thousands of years and the sexual suffering and the curse from so many races and people and what we what we turn sex into has has, um, you know, it, it continues to curse us. And that's why I had to step into my own power when I recognized as a young person, well, the people that are in charge of me and teaching me don't have it. They don't even know what the fuck's going on. Right. I'm a very young age that there's problems here. There's a lot of problems here. And I, I'm still always learning more and more about how important it is for us to unify. And if everything that we're afraid of is the reason why we're so, the way that we're trying to step into our power actually ends up separating us more rather than being in what I call like the earthly realm or in, in uh, uniting sex and spirit consciousness or the holy body path. That was what, we all tr- what we're all trying to teach in our own way, the way you do and the way that I do. We're not excluding anyone. We're not supporting separatism. Like I said, we're different, but we're not separate. Honoring yeah. each other's abilities, honoring each other's lifestyles for freedom. From, for free will. I mean, that's really what it's about. If we can't recognize the differences as a, as a way to bring in the whole planet and consciousness together, we're, we're not going to do, it's only going to continue to be a vicious cycle of abuse. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's, it's really, it's the whole, uh, you know, it's always been bothering me. Here's the thing. I mean, in the, in the 60s and 70s, I became part of the feminist movement because I wanted to at least unify women to become empowered and to take their rightly place, you know, to stop allowing abuse, to stop allowing uh, the fear and um, the fear of, of whatever, the fear of judgment to, to stop us. We wanted equal pay, but we wanted safe streets at night. We wanted all these other things, but then, there became like a wave which is now, which has, which actually poisoned the waters for men. And so it created more separation. <laughs> and I, I mean, I feel like we're in a mess right now. I just feel like we're in a mess. I, I feel, I, I don't know that I have a solution. I know that every, I, so many people are afraid. As many people are afraid as speaking out, you know, let's say in the Me Too uh, movement, mm-hmm. and so many people are afraid of being pointed at for just being normal. You know what I mean? Just be, just behaving the way they were expected to behave. Like the men, there are so many men now who say they're not even going to relate to women. Well, they don't want to. They don't want to have anything to do with women because they're afraid that somebody's going to point a finger at them about Me Too. Yeah, you know, uh, I understand that. But also we have to look at so many cycles of violence that we've had in relationship to women and children for so many hundreds and thousands of years that we, what we're doing now is we're doing the same thing. It's like back in the day when I was learning about myself as goddess and learning about the empowerment of, of women as the divine feminine, not necessarily, you know, I'm looking at the feminist movement and learning about it because I'm young, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit younger than you. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, Wow, it was really powerful for me to see a woman be a police officer or a woman drive a truck or like my mom one time, she used to drag race and wear leather. And I thought that was so powerful, you know, for a woman um, to do those things, 
like a man. But then yeah. I realized it was more about we don't need to be a man to show our equality. But that was our, you know, that was our way to try to prove that we were valuable to the patriarchy. And then when you look at the divine feminine, I also looked at, you know, different stories that I've read and things I've learned about the goddess consciousness. I always, I I recognize there were some stories where there was a time when goddess was the consciousness and then that men were treated like slaves only used for their seed to create life. And then I heard stories like women got to a place where they could develop the masculine seed within their own bodies. I was like, what in the world am I hearing here? (laughs) Why are we having to demolish or or kill off a gender consciousness? Mm -hmm. Why are we stepping into a place where there's always something has to be more powerful than the other? Then the killing of the goddess consciousness went away. Then we have the burning of the women at the stake, their demonic, you know, the Eve story and all this. And then we come into this patriarchy. And then now it's, again, going back into the controlling of women and children as property and all this stuff. Now we're in a place where women were stepping into the, the feminist movement. And then as women were stepping into the world with men in corporate and then Hollywood and then in our own lives, in our own cities, we're finding that the only way for us to grow, grow is to still become servant to the man for his sexual needs. So now with the Me Too movement, I think the original consciousness was for women to finally stand up and say me too so that they didn't feel alone when they were trying to voice what happened to them right now what's happened as it's coming out it's like everybody's like yeah me too well me too well me too me too oh (laughs) me too and then everything is like me too and then it's like the degrees of self-awareness around what is me too is causing the this the this destruction again of men in a way that we're like you're responsible for what you did to me and i'm going to take you down it's about time and then on some level i look at it as karma and then on another level look at it there it goes again yes this is yeah you get this is the this is the cliff this is the edge of the cliff like where what we're where you just took us was like the edge of the cliff yeah yeah It's it's like how do we what direction do we take and how do we serve the greatest good and how do, and how does it all get healed and that's really that's the question we need to take a little break here so we're going to leave ourselves and we're going to leave people at the edge of their chair for a moment and uh when we come back we'll see if we can if you and i together we're powerful goddesses well let's see if we together can come up with some ways that people can actually look at this and people can actually really start to deal with this so that it makes a difference to them and it doesn't cause such a tremendous divide yes yeah so if you just tuned in you're listening to sex and happiness i'm laurie handlers i'm speaking with my dear friend reverend goddess charmaine and um we are trained by different people in different schools of tantra but and sacred sexuality we're ordained ministers only Reverend Goddess really practices her ministry, and I just kind of, mine is more silent, but I have it. Uh, And we just, we align on so many things. So today we're talking about like how we can end separation, how we can actually bring the genders together, how we can, how we can end the patriarchy uh, and have healthy feminism, et cetera. I mean, it's, it's a huge topic. So Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Hi, everybody. This is Lori Handlers, and I want to talk to you today about an Eastern European tour where I'm going to be teaching Tantra all along the way of the tour. Now, many of you know that I did Tantra Tourists, a film where I took people to India, and I taught Tantra on the bus and at the Taj Mahal and all these places. So now I'm bringing people to Eastern Europe. And my tour is 14 nights, 15 days at four-star hotels, and it's land only. And uh, the cities we're going to hit are Prague, Budapest, Rovinj, Zadar, Wien, Zagreb, Split, Dubrovnik. And I'm very excited about it. The only place I've been of all those places is Dubrovnik long ago. So if you've never been to Eastern Europe, and you'd like to see those places, you'd like to start in Prague and end in Dubrovnik and learn Tantra along the way, I welcome you to come and join me. You can be a couple or you can be a single. It really doesn't matter. All meals are included. All hotels are included. And it's going to be exciting for me because I've never been there. And I know that it'll be exciting for you too. You'll be able to learn as you tour. So to find out more, you need to go to this website, sacredsensualgetaways.com. That's sacredsensualgetaways.com. And click on Meet the Instructors, click on Laurie Handlers, and come with me. The tour that I'm talking about starts on June 16th and goes to June 29th. Perfect time for Europe. So join me. I look forward to hearing from you. You can write to me, by the way, for more information at laurie at butterflyworkshops.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E at butterflyworkshops.com to find out more about the stores. Please join me in Eastern Europe. It's going to be great. Are you wondering what book to read to jumpstart your life? Get the best from relationships? Attain the deepest feelings of intimacy? Do you want the best sex along with great happiness? Get your copy of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by Lori Handlers right now. You'll learn how to make love in the unknown, take the performance anxiety and reaching a goal out of sex. You'll learn subtle ways of communication and really important practices to empower you when dealing with an intimate partner. You'll let go of blame and struggle doesn't this sound great? Sex and happiness puts the innocence back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. Take charge of your life, physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Sex and Happiness by Lori Handlers. Only nineteen ninety nine paperback and fourteen ninety nine ebook. Order your copy today by going to ButterflyWorkshops.com. That's ButterflyWorkshops.com for your copy of Sex and Happiness. We're back with Sex and Happiness. And again, I'm Laurie Handler as your host. And I'm, I'm talking to Reverend Goddess Charmaine today. And, you know, your, your passion, Charmaine, is so... Uh, palpable, you know, like I can feel it and I feel, you know, just as passionate about this. Like, I don't want to create more of a mess. I want to have people heal and maybe, you know, maybe, maybe there needs to be bloodletting before there's healing. Maybe like, you know, kind of like having a pimple and having to pop it, you know, like maybe, maybe, 
there has to be a lot of oozing, messy stuff before a healing can actually take place. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's the same. Um, that's what we've always done. You see? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't gotten us anywhere. There's always going to be sacrifices. We keep hearing these stories. Someone's going to take on all the sin. People are going to go to jail. They're going to get sacrificed. They're going to kill it off. But we're going to do the same thing. I don't think that is the way. I think that someone, and especially since it's the women that are coming out and speaking their truth, we're the feminine power. We're the divine feminine. We have that heartbeat. We have that womb. We have that connection to the earth. We have to recognize how many times, just and when I talk about earthling, uh, the earthly realm, we are doing so much now to try to heal the earth from all the damage that we've caused it, taking from it instead of, of you know, merging with the earth and building our world here and mm. feeding the earth and feeding the plant life and feeding the, the fish life and everything that we're doing to live here and harmoniously, what we need to do is the same thing. As women, we have that, that psychic knowing about how important it is for us to bring humans back together in a collective consciousness that is raising our sexual energy into love. And then I think with the Me Too movement, people have to, somebody has to say, okay, Me Too. But no more. What we all need to do is forgive everything that's been done in the last hundred years. And we need to teach our young children, our young boys, our young women, how to evolve past this consciousness and teach people how not to abuse, how not to use their sex for power and weapons. Right. So that we can witness us evolving out of a programming that no longer serves. And somebody has to say, That's, this is no longer going to be my story. Once I've been heard, so if you have circles where people come together and say, yes, me too, this happened, and, I, and then you go through a process of forgiveness. Okay, so maybe for a week or two, we have to go into the anger and the, and the fear and the suffering of what was done to us, then we're seen and witnessed, and then we have to let it say, I forgive the person and stop and let it go. I think that we all have to, we have to energetically clean everything that's gone on in our programming as happening now because everyone's getting triggered and it's just it's just a, a, a barrel that's just getting filled as it rolls and rolls and rolls it's going to go right off the cliff and in our consciousness we're not going to be able to repair the damage we have so much that's happening for us right now that's so good that we need to recognize the power that women have in their own sexuality how men are recognizing the beauty and the love that we have together as unions we're talking about sacred masculine we're talking about divine feminine not just in the sacred sex community but my my friends my straight friends are loving what they're learning from me mm -hmm. they're rituals home to their straight relationships you know i mean that's powerful. <laughs> the way that we're attacking each other out here in the world and start coming into a consciousness that's, you know what, this hasn't worked for us in centuries. So why do we think it's going to work now? We're at a place where women are in power to say, you know what, it's time to heal. Right. We're not going to, you know, put anyone else on the stake and we're going to just heal it. What's done right now is done. Whoever's in jail, who's ever, whatever, that's done. Let's now change the frequency. And let's see what we can teach. How do we teach a, a boy to, you do it all the time. You do it, Laura. You're teaching people about boundaries. You, people are teaching about yes and no. We have to really keep reinforcing that because it's so important. Because we don't want to take away people's experiences of the first time they were kissed. The, my first time I was kissed by a guy. I'm standing on the street corner and he sees me from across the way. He walks right to me and he's coming. I'm like, oh my God, this way he's looking at me. I can't move. 
from my where I stand. He just put his arm around me. He grabbed me. He stuck his tongue down my throat and kissed me. And I will never forget it. And oh my goodness. <laughs> and you would, someone else would think, what in the world is he doing to her? Oh my God. But for me, I, I still float. When I think yeah. about it. Yeah. What an, what an experience. Well, somebody else would see that as being completely abused. Yes. And it right. sounds to me like you saw it as a heavenly occurrence. Yes. So, you know, part of it is in the eyes of the beholder, you know, an interpretation. Like my earlier training before Tantra, my earlier training was at Landmark Education. And what I learned at Landmark was about distinguishing um, my, the truth from story. Mm-hmm. So, and I, what I found out was that most of what I considered to be the truth was my interpretation of what happened. What I, and then what I made it mean, you know, something happened, which was the fact, and then I made it mean this or that or the other. And so, like, it sounds to me like just on your first kiss story, you made it mean, wow, this is a kiss. This yeah. is so exciting. This is so amazing. But somebody else might have said, you know, how dare that man come over and I don't even know him and put his mouth on me, you know? Yeah. Someone else said, do you know that boy? What is he doing to you? You know, it it was an adult, uh, a parent of a friend of mine saw outside her window. She came running out and she, I ended up going through a shame experience with her anyway, but I didn't walk away with the shame. I let her say what she had to say and I answered the questions, but I will never forget that day. And he did not end up being my boyfriend or anything, but he was my first kiss. And he took took my lips. He did kiss me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he did. uh, He gave me, he, I felt beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's just, and somebody else might not have, but I love the story. I mean, it's so, listen, I had an experience with a kiss. It wasn't my first kiss, but it was a boy I liked a real lot. And I put my tongue in his mouth. (laughs) I think we, I was in seventh grade and he was like in ninth grade or something. And he never saw me again. I think he thought I was too forward. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I've been known, you know, (laughs) to be a little bit uh, precocious. So, you know, the thing is what you're saying, though, let me see if I can interpret what you said before that, which is to say that in feminine consciousness or as females and people in female bodies, we could rise above, forgive everything and bring about the consciousness that we so want. We could actually elevate sexual energy to love, like transmute it, and then bring about that as the change on the planet, like end patriarchy through love rather than through through uh, resisting it and fighting it. Yes. Like some way of changing, shifting the vibration on the planet that is housed within the feminine. Actually, it's in the feminine and men as well. It's in the divine feminine that lives in men too. If we looked at the feminine consciousness, we could actually change the vibration that exists on the planet today and we could do it in mass. Yes. Yeah, I got it. I, it's very powerful. It's a very powerful statement. And, um, 
Yeah, we'd really have to get busy to bring that about, <laughs> which I'm ready to do. It would be really cool, too, like if, if people could get into a way where we're, we help a man tap into his divine feminine by, you know, I, I often help people in groups do this with women and men, where I go into the Jungian consciousness of the inner male and a female, the anima animus. And if, 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 a, if a woman that is saying something happened to her, she can start to process and, and move through the, the anger and fear and hurt by going into her inner male, tapping into, if I was a male, who would I be into her animus? And then if her inner male did something like that, how could she forgive that inner, that man? by first forgiving the inner male within her, then she might be able to raise her consciousness of understanding into forgiveness and forgiving the outside male. And a man, and, and understanding that same consciousness and being forgiven and also forgiving, because lots of men have been through abuse as well. And they can tap into their inner female. And they can imagine, okay, if, I'm in, if I, my inner female was violated in this way, and she feels and believes that she was violated in this way, how do I ask forgiveness? How do I understand her? You know, instead of going to fear and running away, how do I understand her? And then he can also bring in that empathy and understanding to the woman on, in the outside world. And then from there, we go into the circles where we're talking about it. And then from that point on, we release ourselves from me too into, into an understanding of no more me too and the oneness. And what that means is from that day forward, anyone that talks about abuse um, in this time that we're dealing with, we're saying we're cleansing that, we've forgiven that, we're in this new relationship. Like somehow there has to be some kind of statement that they can say that is now turning into a, it can sound like an affirmation, but it's turning into a consciousness that they vibrate where we, someone has to say it and be strong enough to say it. We're letting it go. We're letting it go. And they got to say it and they got to stand it and they stand up and say it over and over again. Cause my past of abuse that I've gone through is no longer my story. Right. My now is the goddess that's who i am and so we that's why we can create these ways and Lori, we have to speak it because we've already spoken to me too we've we've shared ourselves we're being seen we're being heard now let's be seen and heard at this new frequency and and we all can men can do it by tapping into the divine feminine within them the women can do it what by housing the holy body of the feminine and we merge it with the earth frequency. And I know a lot of people, like, what is she talking about earth frequency, earthly realm? But they know, we, 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 we have that whole relationship to elements and each other, that we all have those vibrations of, of sex and passion and, and nature and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I can really think of specific ways, like I'm sharing, that we can actually do this. Yeah, well, you know, in the, in the ISTA training, we do do... Uh, we do a, a number of rituals where uh, people, whoever they are, whoever comes, even pe people who are gender bending as well. I mean, not, not only people acting as men or acting as women, but people whose choice is to be neither or to be trans. You know, we do exercises where we have, where we're all in the feminine. We have a whole day of being in the feminine, everybody. And then we have a whole day of being in the masculine. And one of the one of the really uh, important pieces of of a ritual that we do called the Brotherhood ritual, is where we have a sword. And we take the sword, and we, you know we get the sword, and we put the sword, like the imaginary sword, into our spine, and that sword is there to guard us. Like that's my own brother, 
that's Mm -hmm. inside of me. And when I need that sword, I take it out and I protect myself, you know, in my own masculine so that my, and because I have that, my feminine can come more out Mm -hmm. because, because my masculine is being held by the sword in my spine. Um, you know, and I, so I hear that and what you're talking about, you know, I, I also feel, you know, I didn't know that this was going to be a byproduct of Tantra. You know, it's so funny. I was studying Tantra for maybe six or seven years and never did any of my teachers say to me that this would happen. But one day I was, I was just, I woke up and I was different and I didn't really know what the difference was like, I couldn't really define it. I couldn't really put words on it. And then, then I realized that what it was, was that my masculine and my feminine inside me were marrying. Like they, they were marrying each other in a divine union. And, you know, no one ever told me to expect that. Yes. But when it happened, I became very powerful and in in any way, you know, like I can be in my masculine or I could be in my feminine. Mm -hmm. Depends on what I feel, how I feel to play today or what I'm doing. Yes. So I think what you're talking about, like has to do with that, like being rather than being the effect of, uh, the outer world, like allowing the inner world, the, the masculine and feminine to, to, to come out and to merge and to then take it out to the outer world and make it and affect the outer world rather than the outer world and the way it's been only us being at the effect of it or victimized by it, but actually turning our inner strengths outward. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's big. It's really, really big. Uh, it's it's very. Um, it's a lot on my mind. I mean, that's why I wanted to do another show with us together, talking about it, because I feel like you, your experiences are 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 very powerful, um, and you could have. You know, you could have been victimized. You could have stayed in as traumatized place from things that have happened to you in your past and you chose not to. And it's interesting how a person chooses one way or the other. It is. It really is. And, you know, with with that, I just want to say something else about what's going on. And you mentioned the men's consciousness and everything. And I think yeah. my whole life with choices has always been about, I'm not going to be like that because... For some reason, I think it's always because I've been goddess in several lifetimes, but at a, at a very young age, I was aware of the adults around me and in secular life and in church. And I noticed their patterns of problems going on. And I realized that, you know, at a young age, I realized I'm going to be parenting myself. And I had to figure out ways to survive as a young person because I knew most of the things that I was witnessing around me, I didn't want to be. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I did. I did have some terrible things that happened, but I made always made choices to try to get out of that that cycle, out of that box, out of that programming. Didn't know that I was empowering myself. I was just trying to survive. <laughs> and but eventually, my life is where it is, and it's completely amazing. And my husband has without without just this whole Me Too movement has put my husband in a position where he even feels like. The workshops that I have with with a lot of the women that come to our workshops and my husband is always there with me 
as my sacred masculine, very kind to people that come into our homes and all the workshops that I've been doing since I've been with him. And he is aware of a lot of the women and some of the emotional states that they're in. And often by the end of a workshop, he hugs them. And he said to me recently, he's very cautious now because of the Me Too movement as he doesn't do it anymore. Yeah. He just stands there and is aware of them and says hello. And then maybe in a setting that where we're asking to be hugged, then he will. But, you know, like me, after every workshop I do and after Naked Church and everything, I tell everyone part of the payment is I get a hug. Give me a hug. So I'm getting hugs from everybody. And when I would do that, my husband, everybody will hug. But my husband is more passive and wanting to hug women because he, he's, he's aware of this is a place that people come to be able to share what's going on with them. And a lot of it is their hurt. And he doesn't want to trigger anyone because of the Me Too movement to thinking that he could be, he could hug someone in an inappropriate way or too close. And I told Steve, yeah. Steve, this is the sacred environment that we have here in this Holy Body Temple. That's not what's happening here. you got to trust the frequency and what we're doing and don't be afraid to hug. But, um, but he hears me with that and, and he, he loves that we have this space here for people, but he is affected by it. Yes. Everyone I know is affected by it in the sacred sexuality movement. Anybody who's, I mean, we're all affected by it, we're, but we're, we're opening up a new subject now. So I want to take another break and then we'll talk about how it is affecting our workshops, how it is affecting the people that we know who are in this, in the world of teaching and in the world of delivering these services and how, how it's affecting them because it's, it is, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> so if you just tuned in, you're listening to sex and happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers. I'm speaking with Reverend Goddess Charmaine, a powerful woman, a powerful goddess, a powerful reverend, um, someone who does her own sacred sexuality workshops. She's been a minister for since 2000, so for 18 years. Well, no, I've been a minister since 1996. I was initiated oh. as goddess in 2000. Oh, oh got it. Okay. That's cool. No problem. Yeah. So even longer, I was going to say probably her whole life. <laughs> probably you had a ministry your whole life, but you, you weren't. <laughs> anyway, we're just, we're going to take a, a, just a few moment break and we'll be right back. My question for people right now is if you're a woman who could use a little zest and zing in your arousal response, or maybe you know women or a woman who could use this, because many women say that their feelings of desire, arousal, and sexual satisfaction don't happen as naturally or as often as they'd like. So I want to tell you about Zestra, because Zestra was developed to meet this much-needed option for women. Uh, Zestra safe and a patented blend of botanical oils and extracts, and it's created to help women have increased sexual sensations. Zestra comes in convenient single-dose personal packets. Each packet keeps the essential arousal oils and extracts free, fresh, and safe from light. And with application of Zestra, it starts to work within three to five minutes. And at about 10 minutes, there's something called the Zestra Rush and that can last up to about 45 minutes. The great news is that Zestra can be used as frequently as you like during each sexual experience. Now, I'm somebody who believes that all women deserve sexual satisfaction. 
That's why I do this show, in case you hadn't noticed. So I believe that men and women deserve sexual satisfaction. So if you're a woman who isn't getting that kind of arousal response that you want, please call 877-426-8047. That's 877-426-8047. And please remember to say you heard about Zestra from Laurie Handler's on the Sex and Happiness Show. Many times on Sex and Happiness, you've heard Laurie talk about emotional release and how important it is. Well, now you can do emotional release in the privacy of your own home. In Lori's CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han, she creates a safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work Lori is known for in her sacred sexuality courses. Lori sets you up with the proper positioning and breathing. Then she guides you through each emotional state to the beat of tribal African rhythms. This CD provides an easy way to do emotional clearing work on a regular basis. Order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han today and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. To order the Shamanic Release and Lottie Han CD by Lori Handlers, go to www.butterflyworkshops.com right now. Do you want to deepen your intimacy while being on the perfect vacation? I'm talking about an all-inclusive vacation with a nude beach, a prude beach, and award-winning food, entertainment, and service. In really fun classes each day, I'll take you into enhanced communication, intimacy skills, and sensuality. I also offer private sessions by appointment in sex magic, G-spot stimulation, female ejaculation, and men's ejaculation choice. Oh, and I'll have my Sibian there, too, so you can experience the Sibian in a private learning session. There's many barriers to be dropped and a new freedom to be learned by accompanying me to this vacation. When? October 13th to the 20th, 2018. Where? Hedonism 2 Resort, Negril Beach, Jamaica. For more information, write to me, laurie at butterflyworkshops.com. Or to book, call Tom's Trips at 800-285-0853. That's 800-285-0853. Book now while rooms last and tell them you are among my group. Be among the wonderful people who will be joining me this year. I can't wait to be with you in Jamaica. This is Sex and Happiness, and we're talking today about empowerment, patriarchy, uh, building something new, uh, Me Too, feminism. We're talking about all the things that are up in everybody's face these days. Maybe not everyone's paying attention to it, but I think more people than, than we even know are paying attention to it. We're talking about, you know, what needs to happen. And, you know, um, Charmaine, I said that tongue-in-cheek before we went on the break about you probably having a ministry, you know, before you were actually ordained. And I I believe that. I I think that your calling has probably always been to educate, like mine has been, you know, in one way or the other. You're a communicator. You're a connector. You're somebody who uh, it's important for you to bring people together and to host things and to teach. 
and you've probably been doing that your whole life and then you know f found ways to ordain that and whatever but I, I i figure you probably i mean to me i was always i was like lucy in the charlie brown comics like i always had a shingle out saying you know advice <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah i agree <laughs> <laughs> Probably since I was four or something, I had that going on. <laughs> so, I to me the biggest thing, and I, what I feel about you too, is like I always wanted to make a difference. How could I make a difference in this crazy ass world? Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, so this is one way. Doing the show is one way uh, of making a difference. So it's affecting people. This thing you're talking about with Steve your husband who is like the sweetest man, you know, he's just an absolute doll and I couldn't imagine him violating anybody's boundaries. And yet I get it that he's concerned yeah. and he's not the only person concerned. There are many people concerned and, and afraid these days to do, uh, to do anything like this. So it's making uh, this, it's making, I mean, so we could say karmically, it's a good thing that men are becoming passive, you know, in a certain way, because then they're not being aggressive, but it's making people who really have integrity stop and think twice and three times and four times about how to be and how their actions are. And it may be traumatizing pe people on another, in another whole way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's it's like almost like a emotional circumcision or something. I, I'm not so uh, I'm not sure if I'm using the right word. I just feel like my husband, especially, who's such a beautiful person, and and in the settings that we have when we're doing a workshop, is where he is. He's starting to hold back when that's the place where women need to feel the love of the men that are in those settings. And um, and it's a shame that in our actual workspace that we're creating this this sacred space, this container for for people to come and share themselves. That men more than women are feeling like they can't even share in that space anymore because they don't want someone to to feel like they they've abused them or approached them or sexualized them or anything like that. And we know, especially as a woman that holds the sexuality workshops that I have, um, which can be pretty explicit at times that I am always wanting to protect our women and to tell them you're in a safe place here. And then, and really we always tend to put men through a lot more to come to groups like these because we don't want what they call pervs or sexual thieves to come into a, a space like this. And we, we, and it's worked. We've been able to get men that are much more healthier to come and share and, 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 and learn but then at the same time, I'm thinking, I want to I love our men, too, that have the courage to come here and, and learn about a sacred sex and honor the women and, and, and wanting to learn about how they can give pleasure and, and elevate the consciousness of the yang and them and how they're sharing it with women or whomever they're sharing it with. And so, I mean, I, I, that's why I've, you know, I'm a universal lover in that way. I can just see the men. Like A lot of times when they're making mistakes, they've made mistakes at, from fumbling and not knowing what they're doing. And then we have the ones, we have some men that are uh, negative or demonic in that way where they do want to control and dominate, which is what I believe this patriarchy has been all about. But, you know, in our environment that we have in these workshops, that's not what we're, we're not like that. And so I really was, was sorry to hear my husband feel this way. And I, and I completely understand that he feels this way. And 
And he has, you know, so we, we talk a lot, Lori, about this. And then we're talking about this more now in our, in, in the settings that we're creating in our workshop and in my naked church uh, ceremonies as well. And now we're talking about it here because anyone that ends up coming around us anyway, they know without hearing us say it, they know we're going to take this to another level of healing and power. Yeah. hoping that we talk about this and the consciousness that we're talking about it. We're not talking about it as far as gossip, who came up on the news today, or oh, so what happened to so-and-so. We're talking about it like because we could feel it all from, from everyone's point of view, even from the ones that men are people that meant to harm someone. Even from that place, we have to know that this is the fucked up programming that we have that caused this curse on us, and we have to break it. Yeah, we do. We have to break it. You know, I'm thinking about some men recently who have been to some workshops that I've done. I've just came back from being in Bali and New Zealand and Australia. And, uh, you know, some men who come to the courses are like are a little bit older and, and women project on them that they're creepy because they're older because maybe something happened to them by an older man in their life you know, like by their grandfather or their uncle or their father or somebody close to them in their family and what they weren't protected in their families. And then these men come to the course and they want to learn too. And then they're seen as creepy. Yes. And sometimes they are creepy and sometimes they're not creepy. And it's like, you know, if they're creepy, I usually call them out. I'll just usually say, you know, you're creepy. Let's stand up. Let's yeah. talk about that. Let's you and me talk about that. I'll pull that right out of somebody. Yes. I but when someone's not that and to have it projected on them, that's, that's hard too. That's yeah. really difficult too. So it's, we're, we're in a strange time now. We're really in a strange time now. And I think our work is needed more than ever. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I don't have any answers, but as I, I spoke to you earlier, uh, before we got together and uh, got on the show, I told you I'm planning to do something uh, a weekend called What to Do About Me Too. I'm planning like a multi-city event, and it's not totally formulated yet. I do have the design, and I'm trying. I want to get it happening in the major cities on the East Coast, west coast and then some in between and then i have some people interested in canada mm -hmm. and um i just i want people to heal and i don't i feel like i don't i'm impatient i'm really impatient i want this to be a world where people can feel ecstasy in their body i yes i feel the same way and i'm impatient too i feel you <laughs> i want people to heal i want trauma to be over i want I, you know, I, I, in my, in my perfect world, people wouldn't be traumatized anymore. They would be living a life of ecstasy and dancing and, and giggling and having like the best time. And I know it's possible. I know it's possible because you're that way. And I know it's possible because I'm that way. And I know so many of us who are that way and we're doing everything we can. Exactly. Yeah. To help people. Uh, heal. So let's talk a minute about, about um, how people can get in touch with you and what you're doing in the future. Because I know that this week, this past week, I was on your next to last radio show. 
So you're not doing your radio show anymore. So what do you have in the mix? What do you have planned? Yeah, well, I yeah, I decided to have my last show on Blog Talk on May 30th and actually do kind of a ritual goodbye where, um, you know, just like have people call in and tell them how much they love me and love the shows and that they can listen to the past shows anytime. Um, but I, But a lot of things have changed. I'm doing a lot of teaching online. It's amazing, like, to go across the world online. And so I'm going to focus a lot on that. And my 8 o'clock slot in the evening, honestly, um, I go live. So <laughs> it's been kind of getting in the way of things since I moved upstate here with Steve and the things that we're doing. So I started doing less shows when I moved up here. And now it's mm. just actually getting in the way. And I'm so preoccupied during the daytime and working online and doing my, my uh, in-person workshops here. I'm thinking, well, the blog talk has been a great offering for about – for almost, I don't know, four years, um, uh, four, I forget how many years, four and a half years. I forget how long it's been, but it's something like that. And um, so I'm grateful for the experience. And I always felt like blog talk was a way just to get me ready, you know, to get me ready for whatever it is, this next level that we're at. And so a lot, a lot of online stuff, we're creating this beautiful paradise up here uh, in Woodstock. And, uh, we just bought our home here. It's just amazing, Lori, the things that we're doing here. So I feel, I feel really so grateful for my life. And I'm still doing my goddess initiations. I want to write another book. So I'm just going to keep playing with all that stuff. So I, I feel like, so I'm, gonna, I'm building this beautiful paradise up here. And so we have like our in-person workshops that we're doing here. I have my online stuff that's going on, groups. And um, just online presence is growing a lot. And I, I'm really kind of, amazed by it and so grateful for it and you know and you know I, i'm traveling so the evening time has to stop my only thing is i recognize that um i can go live a lot of places online that can kind of take up some of the slack of my evening blog talk show so right. i'm going live in a lot of places like facebook and all my other social media stuff and then banging my website out with all the stuff that I'm doing too. So people need to be getting to the, the to really stay in touch with me. And then I still have my weddings. I have my naked church, my naked weddings. I have all my stuff that I'm doing, but Lori, I'm also teaming up with people and I want to also team up with you. You have my beloved. I'm doing with teeny. I have my Holy body puja. I'm doing with goddess B Beth Nolan. And I have other things on the table with people to get together. And I really like that partnering. And so, um, so things like that, I'm opening, I'm making myself more available like that. Uh, so also I do have a very, 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 my life is very much filled with who I am as goddess. Right. So it's very, that's all it is. So it's like what I'm doing in my workshops is also what I'm doing at home, even with my husband. So it's like, it's, I, I, I get sometimes my, my, I get so like overwhelmed in a happy kind of way that, like, you know, sleeping is just as good as being awake. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know? let's just put it like this. You definitely walk the talk. There's no question about it. You live this life. You don't just talk about this life. Yeah. And this, I mean, this is always, you've always embodied this. I mean, we talk, one of the shows you and I did together much earlier was about how you called in your husband through doing yes. ritual. Yes. So, yeah. you know, this is, you're an example of somebody who took the teachings and instead of keeping them separate from you and something that you only took out once in a while, you took them, you embodied them and you live them and, and your life is turning out based on your 
making your magic. So this yeah. is, you know, you're congruent rather than incongruent. Yeah. <laughs> so when people go to my website, thesensuousmystic.com, find me or Google me, they're going to find out where I am and what I'm doing. And that's how everyone is going to be able to stay connected to me. So okay. they sign up on my email blast or just Google me. They're going to see me all over any, anyway. Cause you know, my pussy's in the sky. That's it. <laughs> It's a bird, it's a plane. Oh, no, it's Reverend Goddess's Bioni. And that's how they're going to find me. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I heard your invitation, and I take you up on it. I heard your invitation to collaborate, you know, about four years ago. Yeah, four or five years ago in my community, my immortal community here in Arizona, they uh, had a, everyone go on the stage one at a time, take the microphone and say, what would it look if you want to live forever? You got to be more abundant because it's going to take money <laughs> to live forever. You know, you can't just you can't retire and figure you could live forever. You need a lot of money. So they said to me, "What is it going to take for you to be more abundant?" And I I looked. I had the microphone and I said, "I have to stop working alone." Yes. And the very next month, Des called me and said, "Are you ready to be an ISTA faculty now?" And I said, you're funny, you should mention it. That was about the sixth time he called me. I said, yeah, I'm ready now. And then I became an ESTA lead faculty, and that changed my life in terms of my travel, in terms of what I'm offering in the world, and also in terms of finances. Like, everything just got better. And then I started, you know, collaborating with Om, Om Rupani, and I started collaborating with a couple of hypnotists from Vegas yeah. and doing... Um, um, hypnosis for lovers and i'm re i'm ready to come out and do something with you so i just want to let you know i'm saying it publicly we can do something together teeny and i have collaborated for years so so yeah it's good and i want people to find you and i want i i want you know i want to uh encourage them to find you you especially if they're in the new york new jersey even Massachusetts, Connecticut area, Woodstock's not that far for them, and, and you're there and doing things. Yes, thank so, you. Yeah. yeah. So, um, well, I think we came up with, I'm just going to say, I think we came up with something that could be a solution. Anyone listening, if you feel to do some healing, the first place to start is with yourself and to go into your feminine flow, whether you're in a male body or female body or a trans body, like the first place to go is to your female flow, transmute your sexual energy into heart energy and go into a forgiveness place and a love place. If you have traumas that you need to deal with, we have emotional release techniques that, that you can use. And, um, and we're suggesting that you start to look at bringing people together instead of separation. And I, I think that's a great solution. Um, I don't know if it's only to start with. It may be the solution. Uh, yeah, true. So, um, so I think that we gave people something very constructive today. Yes, we did. So I want to thank you for being my guest today. And I love you. And, um, and we'll talk more about how we'll collaborate. But uh, we have to end our show right now. So just want to thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you, Lori, for having me. God is blessings.
Yeah, thank you, thank you. And everybody else, tune in next time when I will have another amazing guest on my show talking to you about sex and happiness, your sex and your happiness, how they go together. They really do. This is Laurie Handler signing off. Namaste. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. I want to talk to you about the craziest and most inventive sex toy or sex enhancement that I've come upon in a long time. It's called Love Rider, L-U-V-R-Y-D-R. That's L-U-V-R-Y-D-R, Love Rider. So I know the couple that invented it. They never intended to invent it. They stumbled upon it. And isn't that how most things go in life? The subtitle to Love Rider is Grab the Bar and Ride Your Lover Wild. And I want to tell you that I've had multiple experiences with Love Rider. I've taken it all around the world and I've had lovers experience it. I've given it to them overnight and told them to come back and tell me their experience with it. And every one of them comes back with a raving report. It's a harness that the person receiving puts around their shoulders, either forwards or backwards, whatever. It depends on what position you want to use a Love Rider in. And the person who's giving, the penetrator, takes the handlebar like they're riding a horse and they lean back and they get amazing angles of penetration from using this device. It's hard to describe, but I want to encourage you to go there and look it up. Listen, my lover gave it a five and a half stars out of five. That's all I got to say. So go to loverider.com and look for this beautiful invention and you can use my name if you call them or you can use my code butterfly workshops letting them know that you heard about love writer through me that's loverider.com l-u-v-r-y-d-r as a sex and happiness coach i understand that increased sexual participation intensifies sexual responsiveness and desire as well as overall health and well-being. My experience with the Sibian has personally increased my sexual response, and I can now train women to use this machine to have peak orgasms as often as possible. I strongly believe this will add to their health and well-being whether they have a partner or not. The beauty and the miracle of the human body is that it adapts and changes much more rapidly than people change their beliefs or their opinions. The Sibian can make any woman's body more resilient with each peak orgasm. Sibian is an amazing experience, often described as the Lamborghini of sex toys. If you're a woman and you can get yourself to look at Sibian, you should do so. It won't take away from your partner. It will only add, trust me on this, I love my Sibian. Go to Sibian.com, that's S-Y-B-I-A-N.com, or call 1-800-253-6135. That's 
800-253-6135 and say Lori Handler's told you about Sibian. And by the way, if you do have a partner, ask about Venus for Men. That's Venus, V-E-N-U-S, for men. 800-253-6135. 